When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It was a bloodbath in Miami, but the Broncos are looking for a turnaround in Chicago as the team aims desperately for its first win. Broncos country. I'm Lori Lattimore Wolfman, and this is the round. First and ten. The fake. Good block in there, and down it goes. Caught at the forty. This is the dynamic hill. He's in for six. On the move, pitch out eighteen. Blocked by Barrios. Blocked by Armstead. Look at him dive. Look at him score. Eighteen breaks a tackle and dives for six. Eighteen big hole. Turns it out, accelerating. You can kiss him goodbye. That was embarrassing and uh, tough to watch. The tough part was, um, you know, it felt like, you know, we just, the game kind of got away from us. They played really well. The reality is it's a 14-game season. That's, that's, that's what we got to focus on. There's no need to recap the three hours in Miami that we are pretending was a football game because that was nothing but a shit show. But if the Broncos needed a come-to-Jesus moment, they got one. On Friday, Peyton said sometimes a crisis, such as starting 0-3 and having a historic blowout loss, helps get everyone focused on playing good football. Well, we don't have to worry about, we're not creating a crisis if it's real, right? We have a crisis. <laughs> but again, you trust your instincts with, with each week in our league, you know, where your team's at and what you think they need. And uh, I don't know that there's a book for that, but experience certainly helps. And um, 
you know, there were two different seasons. We started 0-4 in New Orleans, and that's not fun, and got back to 500. But the energy expended to, to, to do that takes a toll. And, and so the key is getting this first first win. And, and look, there's two teams playing kind of the same game here, right? So as the 0-3 Broncos travel to the 0-3 Bears, the team is hoping to erase last week's embarrassment and finally get a win. And if there's a recipe for reversing a winless record, it is playing another winless team. While the Broncos have struggled on defense, the Bears have struggled on defense and offense, giving the Broncos perhaps a slight edge. Slight. Because Bears quarterback Justin Fields is a playmaker. And if he and his coaching staff figure out how to get on the same page, it could spell a long day for the Denver defense. Not a 70-point long day, but a long day nevertheless. Certainly. I think what's important this week, too, relative to who we're playing, is how we rush this quarterback. You know, if you're not careful and there's lanes, you know, third and eight becomes a first down, you know, 22 yards later, not just eight yards later. So um, we got to be on point with with his feet and, and understand, you know, formationally what they're trying to do. You guys remember... I don't know if you recall, they lost a tough game on Thursday night, and then they had an extra weekend, and then they went to New England, and we saw a completely different offense, you know, a lot of quarterback run designs, and they played well. And defensively, we got to prepare for all of that. Number one rushing team last year in the NFL, and he had a lot to do with that. Vance Joseph agreed that fields could be a big challenge. Not exactly what you want to hear from your defensive coordinator, but he's not wrong. The guy that can hurt you. Yeah. My God, I mean, he is a he's a special athlete. He can make every throw, you know. And watching the tape, you know, when the games are you know games are close, man. As a passer, he can make every throw outside, vertical, you know, inside the numbers. As a runner, he's he's dynamic. I mean, he can break tackles. He's not sliding. He can, he can make you miss, you know. So he's a challenge, you know, to rush four and hope you contain him and rush five and he can make every throw. So it's a cat and mouse game. But stop fields they must because if the Broncos cannot beat the Bears, there's a good chance they cannot beat anyone else on their schedule. And even though a one and three record would be highly disappointing at this point, it would be a lot better than 0 and 4 and would mean the world to the guys in the locker room. Well, for us, um, it would mean a lot, you know. Um, then I could answer the fun questions. <laughs> um, we need a win, you know, and Chicago does too. They do too. So, um, and, and, and that's why I think, you know, we got to win these days, Wednesday, Thursday. We got to, you know, I thought today was a really, really good practice. Um, we have to follow that up tomorrow, but a, a win would mean a lot for us right now. Aside from playing much better defense, a couple of keys to getting the win will be. Number one, Marvin Mims and his speed. Such, but you know when you have that type of dynamic playmaker, and the thing about Marvin, I was mentioning to somebody earlier, is the maturity and the attention to detail that he has. You know, in the return game, it's a little bit different than it was in college, right? This is a rookie returner who missed some time during the OTAs. He's done a great job of getting himself healthy. 
and being an impact player on the field. But, you know, we've also done a really good job of teaching him the sights that you see. If you watch the punt game and the college game, it's different than the pro game. So there's some intricacies there that we're working on and also in the kickoff return game. So really happy for him and just uh, uh, the group that's that's supporting him. And number two actually establishing the running game. Look, I, I think the good teams are able to run the ball well. Um, so, you know, clearly this is another week where, you know, different defensive structure and, and um, you know, we, we kind of cover that run list pretty, pretty thoroughly. All right. Thank the you, guys. of the losers on Sunday gets bragging rights for the weekend. And the loser possibly wins the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. But as all players on losing teams like to say, there's a lot of football left. Let's hope for the Broncos' sake, and possibly for the sake of Broncos country, there's a lot more winning football left for Denver. I mean, we've got a lot of um, guys that really want to do everything they can to be the best, and uh, we're, we're going we're to find our best. We all believe in each other. We believe in the offense. We believe in the defense. We believe in the special teams, just what they did the other day. Let's, let's do that even more. You know, let's let's add those up and just um, and, you know, we believe in our coaches as well. And um, we believe in just who we are and all the work we put in. So, um, you know, the reality is, is that we, we, we felt like we had we've had a couple games we should have won. That's the truth. Um, you know, we felt like we, there's two, two that we could have won for sure. And, um, you know, last game we didn't we didn't play our best. But uh, the reality is, is that we got we get to go again on Sunday and get the strap on the pads and do what we what we love to do and, and hopefully put on a show. Go Broncos. Now enjoy some clips of my conversation with Larry D of the Bears Underground podcast, where we discuss which of these bad teams will come out the winner. Believe it or not, we were able to come up with one. What's up, guys? Three down, 14 to go, including this matchup that uh, I don't really think anybody is looking forward to, except maybe some people who were making some bets or or maybe they think they got a fantasy guy that's going to do something for them. Uh, on Sunday, because I know that uh, neither of the fan bases is really looking forward to it, which you will see evidenced in the conversation with our guest uh, this week, Lori Lattimore Volkman from SB Nation's Mile High Report, um, where we spend the conversation basically trying to convince, where one tries to convince the other that their team is going to win. Like, I'm trying to tell Lori the Broncos are going to win. She's trying to tell me why the Bears are going to win. And, um, yeah, that's how that conversation goes. She's been my one and only Broncos guest, so I'm happy to have her back uh, once again to, to preview Bears-Broncos week number four. I don't know who's going to want to watch this, but the Bears and the Broncos face each other at Soldier Field on Sunday after both teams just had epically bad performances against their prospective guests. Uh, the Bears gave up 34 before halftime. The Broncos gave up 35 before halftime, and then the Broncos doubled it while Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes took mercy after they scored another touchdown in the second half. And, uh, like I said, I don't know who's going to want to watch this, but uh, here to preview it, uh, nonetheless, from the Mile High Report, Lori Lattimore, Volkman. Lori, uh, welcome back. Um, have you have you recovered from the hangover of watching something like that? Because at least the Bears have like one of the worst 
internal weeks of all time to kind of lean yeah. on. But, uh, you know, you guys just went out there and uh, not that the Bears were any better, but you guys, you guys stunk uh, on oh Sunday. Goodness. There's no other way to put it. You know, before this even, the season even started, we knew that the Miami Dolphins, that, that was going to be a tough game right. you know, because they, they've been improving. They had a good year last year, but just were inconsistent as Tua's health was inconsistent. And then um, we knew we were playing them in September. You know, it's just hot and humid. And, like, we never really play well there. So that was never going to be an easy game. It was a game that I know a lot of people – a lot of my colleagues at Mile High Report, we already put it down as a loss way back in you know, July. Right. But <laughs> I don't think we saw that coming. Right. I mean, and so, but however, no, I, I say that we didn't see that coming then. A week ago, when we had an 18-point lead on the commanders and then let them come all the way back and go ahead, mm-hmm. we were making comments on Twitter and in our chat room that man, Miami is going to put 60 points on us. And we were joking, joking. And then they put 70. So we weren't even, our jokes weren't even good. Right. I mean, so I mean, to ask if I've recovered. Yeah. Like at this point, it's too, <laughs> weird. We're in full tank mode over at right. Broncos Country. Well, I mean, it's, it's really interesting because the calling card for you guys last year was if we had an offense, this is this defense is playing at a championship level, we would have won more, you know, 10, 11 games last year. I think I, I read a stat at one point, if the Broncos had just averaged 19 points a game, they would have been like 11 and 6 or something yeah. last yeah. year. Just because, you know, Russell Wilson couldn't, and, and you know, Nathaniel Hackett, God bless him, uh, you know, couldn't score more than 14 points a game or, or whatever it was. And that defense was playing lights out. And now here we come and yeah. 30, what, 35 last week against the uh, Commanders, 70 this past weekend uh, against the Broncos, or excuse me, against the Dolphins. What, what's going on with the defense? Are they just getting worn out out there or is it injuries? What's the deal? No, I mean, so injuries haven't helped tremendously, but we had injuries last year. Ajiro Evero was able to do quite a bit with backup cornerbacks, which is always the case. It seems like those guys go down, you know, frequently. (laughs) And um, so it's, and essentially, and I was asking my colleagues this, I'm like, this is the same defense, right? Like basically the personnel is the same group for the most part. I mean, they're, uh, you know, one or two differences and, you know, but for the most part too, it should be better differences. Um, So I, we have to lean on the fact that Vance Joseph just might not be the smartest defensive coordinator out there. Um, You know, he was our former head coach and that was a disaster, but even in those, even in the years he was our head coach, our defense was good. Our defense has been good since the Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. Um, some years the defense has been a little better than others. Last year was very good under Vic Fangio. It was very good. We just never ever had an offense, and so you know this year the fact that we like we scored thirty three points a week ago. This past weekend, even though we only scored 20, and one of those was a, a kick return, 
you know, we had two touchdowns that got called back from penalties. We, you know, like we had, we still had offense that we have not had in years. And we, but our defense just got trampled. And I, so to, to answer your question that you asked a half hour ago, I, I honestly don't know why it's so bad other than it has to be the scheme and the, and the coaching that's, you know, like either not recognizing what other teams are doing, not, you know, and, and therefore just kind of doing something that doesn't match with the way they're, you know, the way they've been doing film study all week and figuring out, okay, we can do this and take advantage of it. Cause you know, Mike McDaniel is a smart guy <laughs> and Vic Fangio is a smart guy. And, you know, those guys put together a game plan that, that clearly baffled us. I think it would, I think it would, be a difficult one against any team as you know, they're three and oh, so yeah. clearly it is, but 70 points is absurd. It's just absurd. Yeah. And not to mention uh, just before we started recording, we we're talking about how you were saying that is like, well, at least our, uh, at least the chiefs took mercy on us. It's like, well, the dolphins took mercy on us too. They put their backup quarterback and then he goes for 70 yards over the top on Patrick Sertan uh, of yes. all people to make yeah. it, you know, 50, 63 or 70, whichever it, it was there at the end. It's like even the backups were coming in, breaking the scoreboard on the on the Broncos. It was just just a bad day all around. I mean, it was obscene. I, I'm sure. I'm sure at that point. I mean, the the last two or three touchdowns. Partly that defense had to be exhausted. You know, yeah. I mean, they're chasing Tyreek Hill all over the field, and he's not even. And they're and they're running down the running backs. I mean, the running backs scored half the touchdowns. It yeah. wasn't even like it was all Tyreek and Tua, but. You know, in that heat and humidity and then just all that speed and running, I'm sure by the fourth quarter they're like, F it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I bet. You know, but it's funny that, you know, you were saying that it, it's probably coming down to coaching or, or the scheme. It's like that's what I've been saying for the last three weeks for the Bears because on paper right. our, our roster is way more talented than it was a year ago on both sides uh, of the ball, and we're still seeing the same things. We look like we've regressed and and even gotten gotten worse. I mean, Justin Fields looks utterly incompetent uh, <laughs> out there, and oh. it's like, wait a minute, what, why aren't we at the very least doing what we were doing in the second half of the year last year when he almost broke the single season rushing record for uh, a quarterback last year? Why aren't we at least doing some uh, yeah. of that? And we're we're not seeing that. It's uh, and. and I, I don't I don't know. And then for it the like the whole uh you know disaster of the, the Allen Williams thing, this all happened on the same day. Allen Williams resigned, the whole thing with the FBI raiding his place, Justin Fields blaming the coaching and then walking it back. Braxton <laughs> Jones, our starting left tackle, goes on injured reserve. It could be for the season with a neck injury. This was all within like a five hour period uh on right. Wednesday, and I was like, Oh yeah. And we're going to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs on Sunday. And then, just to put the candle on the cake there, Lori, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey over and over and over again. Uh, just just like, just I'd just shoot me. Just shoot I me. Know. It can't get it. And we thought, okay, only 7 nothing after the end of the first quarter. All right, so this might be, nope. 27 points in the second quarter. It's 34 nothing. Yeah, never mind. Never mind, like never mind the the us against the world. We're gonna show up for this thing. We're gonna band together. It's like nope. We're gonna go out there and look worse than ever uh, against the Chiefs, who've been struggling early on. 
didn't see any struggle out of them on Sunday as they let the Bears have it uh, with both barrels. It was just like, come on, man. This what where where do we go from here? You know? Well, you go to the Broncos. Yeah. And I saw a tweet online on like Sunday night said the Bears and the Broncos next Sunday could set football back five hundred years. Like, you know. <laughs> I saw yeah, I saw a tweet from uh, Bill Simmons that was like, How did we get how did we deserve Bears Broncos next week? <laughs> Like I know. At least it's not on national television. At least it's not one of going to be one of those games yeah. where we're subjecting the rest of the country uh, to this. Just the the Chicago and Denver uh, markets will have to stomach this one uh, on Sunday. I'm not sure Denver's going to stomach it. I mean, I don't know how your fans are. Broncos fans have been spoiled, so we've been humbled the last seven years for sure. But mm. there's still there's still quite a bit of you know, we deserve better attitude and, and a lot of apathy I think is setting in. And so I, given that it's not going to be the, probably the greatest matchup, I mean, cause it's yeah. not like we're trying to take down a rival or <laughs> feeling like there's some motivation to bounce back. I, I, I would love to see the Nielsen ratings on how many people in the Denver market are watching that game. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm interested to, to to see um well i mean actually to answer your question the chicago fan base is is a one extreme or actually it's a rainbow of extremities i should say because on one end you have come on guys it's only week four let's be supportive they they said you know this team with all its new pieces needed time to gel uh you know all the way to fire everyone right now and start over completely, never mind uh, waiting for the rest of the season or, or any of that. Just just kill it now, rip the Band-Aid off, and, and start it. It's, it's one extreme uh, or the other, and, um, you know, it's it's just uh, – Bears Twitter has been a lot of fun the uh, the last few days. Well, I think they mimic each other, Broncos, Bears, Twitter, because – although I think – I don't think we have the rainbow. I think everybody is like – Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Gash it. Yeah. You know, fire everyone. Go for Caleb Williams. I mean, there's a lot of Broncos fans who've been upset with the contract for Russell Wilson from the beginning. Sure. Um, you know, understandably, especially because the contract was made before he played a game, and then, of course, last year was a disaster. Yeah. I think this year we're finding out that Last year definitely wasn't as much Russell Wilson's fault as it was the offensive coordinator and really Nathaniel Hackett, quite honestly, just for being totally chaotic and ill-prepared. 
and you know, so it's a shame because I think, you know, Russell Wilson, unfortunately in the fans eyes and in Broncos country is just to blame for so much. (laughs) That's really not his fault. Um, You know, he's, he does himself no favor sometimes with the way he has been in the media, but he's ultimately, he's still a very genuine guy. He's not an ass, you know, he's just, so, so I think it's unfortunate, but I think given his contract and just the inability to have ever made this a team that is a contender, people are like, blow it up, start all over. And, you know, we ever, I know at least, I would say two thirds of the writers at Mile High Report are, are pounding the table for Caleb Williams. <laughs> so, so how much of that? Uh, how much of that heat is Sean Payton getting though? Well, isn't that funny? I mean, I think this week there's a fair amount of heat on Sean Payton. Peyton has been interesting because, and I pointed this out last week, and then this week I didn't even I just kind of left it out there because I. The guy had so much bravado back in the you know middle of the summer. And, you know, it's Sean Payton. You expect that. And, and frankly, we all bought into it because we need that. We want a guy to come in, take over, fix it, and you know, do whatever he has to do, you know. And he kind of did that and certainly made a lot of comments, made them, unfortunately, nationally, or at least to USA Today's reporter about you know last year was the worst coaching job ever and it wasn't and part of what he was doing was saying it wasn't Russell Wilson's fault it wasn't the players fault it was the coaches so we're you know this is going to be better and I think I I think he it would have been better if he had said that a little differently rather than kind of actually pointing to Nathaniel Hackett but the truth of the matter is we all thought the same thing so ultimately Broncos fans were excited about Peyton coming in and making changes. But then he, you know, week one, we lose by one point to the Raiders. And it's like, I knew the Raiders were going to be pretty good. And I thought that was going to be a tough game. But it's your biggest rival at home, home opener with Sean Peyton. It's like, you, you got to not lose that one. Right. And then we go and and base and blow a lead against a team that was considered Probably one of the worst ones in the NFL. I, I think they're proving they're not one of the worst, but you know they're probably not as good as they looked against us. And then we go to Miami, which again is going to be one of the best teams, but we like can't even compete at any level. And I think now Sean Payton looks ridiculous. And you know, and I I, I actually kind of appreciate that he's hopefully being humbled a little bit because those comments were were way premature yeah. you know um and i but i think when you look at his side of the ball you know the the offense is better the offense is moving the ball mistakes have been some of the reason that we've not scored as many points um and you know that's partly on him but the, again you know you Cortland Sutton drops the ball <laughs> Peyton didn't make him do that so yeah. that's part of it but but Peyton hired Vance Joseph, <laughs> and Peyton is maybe not, um, you know, I, I would think it's not really his job during practice to get involved with the defense. But after the last two weeks, you, you would have thought he might be a little more of a micromanager over Vance Joseph. And then, man, the wheels just came off against Miami. And Peyton said he's not firing anybody. I mean, I can't imagine that the new owners are going to fire Peyton right. yet. But, um, 
I kind of get it. Like, what are you going to do after the third week? Uh, you know, if you fire Vance Joseph, who's who's coming in? And does that really help your defense? I mean, if anything, make the guy who's there stay there, and and you know, you've got that scheme. Like, I don't I don't know the best answer, but I can't imagine that replacing the defensive coordinator in week four is really your best move overall. Right. Well, um, we're uh, we're in the midst of trying to replace our second defensive coordinator because. <laughs> Eberflus is going to want to hand the play caller duties back to someone. Uh, right. I hear it might be our linebacker coach, Borgonzia. I hear he's the favorite in the clubhouse uh, yeah. right now to take over for essentially Allen Williams, but Eberflus has been doing the play calling the last two weeks, and we've looked. I mean, you, you've thought that, you know, I was like, well, the wizard is in charge now. He's Here's the guy. Yeah. This, this is what got right. him the job in Chicago in the first place, was being a, right. a solid defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. Well, we're handing the play card back to him after uh, 2022, where we were just awful uh, on defense all year long. And then the first game against Green Bay, here we go again, even yeah. with Jermaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, you know, and, and uh, that new young rookie Tyreek Stevenson at corners. Like we've, we've added, we've bulked up this side of the ball and we look worse than we did last year. And it's like, okay, personal reasons takes Williams away, or at least that was the line we were sold week two for Tampa Bay. And then <laughs> Baker Mayfield's going out there looking like Brett Favre on us. It's like, what is going on here? What is happening? And then, you know, we go up against the world champs who've struggled. To, they scored 17 week two, 20 in week one. They scored 34 by halftime on us. It's like, well, good God. I mean, I was joking with my guest on, on the preview episode. I was like, you know, uh, historically, and the eternal pessimist in me says, if you have a problem, play the Bears. They will help you fix it. You know, having trouble finding the end zone? How about finding it five times before halftime against us? Or, you know, having trouble running the game? Isaiah Pacheco's running like a madman out there. You know, having trouble turning over the ball? Didn't turn it over once while Mahomes was out there. So it's like fixed all of that for Kansas City. They're ready to roll against the rest of the AFC now. So you're welcome. So. I I have no confidence that the Broncos will have that same success. <laughs> so you maybe it's going to turn we'll turn the tables and all the Bears woes will be fixed by playing the Broncos now. Right. This is what uh, what was it? Gorilla Monsoon used to say: the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Right. Uh, you know that's like which what's going to give? You know which which one of these defense is actually going to be the winning defense on Sunday, or will they just play a joke on us all and tie? You know, oh that goodness. is an option. That is an option. It's like two 0-3 teams coming here. Somebody's got to win. No, actually, nobody has to win if it goes the, if it goes the right way. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, but you guys have said you've, you've been playing better uh, on offense. So what do we have to look out for? Because you're playing the worst defense in, in, well, in the NFC at least. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. We could we are battling for the worst defense in the NFL, I'm right. sure. Well, 726 I, yards of total offense will definitely put you at the bottom. That's uh that one's got to hurt pretty bad for the average, you know. That's got to hurt the average quite a bit. It's uh I mean, I know it's it's still hard to like you hear that and you just think over three games? <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, hey, was did somebody put the game of Madden on CBS? What's going on yeah. with this, you know? Oh. This was actual real football that took place on Sunday. Yeah. Well, I would say that, you know, the guy to look out for, if 
if the offense will actually scheme him more often is Marvin Mims, our rookie wide receiver. Um, he's the guy he had a, he had a kick return for a touchdown last week, 99 yards. And if you see the highlight, you know, he's running, you know, he's kind of going through breaking, breaking tackles. He does, he cuts basically all the way across to midfield before he goes diagonal and just outruns what, you know, one guy. So he's got great, great vision, great, you know, great um, cutback ability. And then he's also been in both last week and the week before, he's been our, our long, you know, deep ball guy. He's caught 50 yard pass, 38 yard pass. um, And, you know, while, while running and still running after the catch. I mean, so I honestly think he's, he's probably our toughest receiver to cover right now. Um, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are the, you know, wide receiver one and two. And I think, you know, quite good. Judy seems to still be kind of getting back into the swing of the offense. And um, Cortland Sutton is a, you know, big bodied receiver, but he's not, so he's going to win contested balls for the most part, but he's not super fast and and a big you know yards after catch guy. So I I would look out for Mims, and then I think our running game is decent. I don't think it's you know it's going to be uh, getting any awards, but I I think that our two running backs, particularly Javante Williams, he's a power back. He's strong. He will he will keep going and keep running running into you. So I, you know we have. We have weapons, and and really, Sean Payton has definitely been designing and drawing up great plays, and move, we've moved the ball down the field. We have struggled a little bit in the red zone, um, but a lot of times it's been penalties and not so much actual offense. All right. Well, how about on the uh, on the defensive side, at least? Um, I'm not so much worried about, like, the secondary or your linebackers. I am worried about the pass rush. Is that going to be anything – to worry about on Sunday because that's that's what's been our our, our Achilles heel is is in the trenches we can't especially in the pass rush we can't block anybody well here's what I would say is that it it should be a problem like we think we have players who can affect the quarterback but and this is where I think scheme and and Vance Joseph have been to blame in the first game against the Raiders week one we had almost no pressure on Garoppolo. You know, like this is this is a guy who's a pocket passer. <laughs> so, I mean, he runs, but he he got away. Like he actually torched our our defense because we we'd send guys and he'd just kind of run around and run through and then get thirteen yards. I mean, so we were we were we blitzed a bunch in that first game, but our quarterback pressures were low. So we're not very effective, right? And then game two, it's almost like Vance Joseph heard all the complaints about, you know, quarterback pressure being, you know, so low that he just decided to send send everybody all the time. And we, we had, I think we had, I don't remember our stats, but the problem was, our secondary was was ineffective, so we weren't really sacking the quarterback. We had more, we had a little more success, but basically, teams are getting the ball out before we get there. So, if Justin Fields can do that, or if he can take off running, I think we're you know we could be in trouble. 
I don't know, man. We'll have to see. Well, I mean, last week was, I mean, literally the words out of his mouth were, effort. I'm just going to go out there and play football the way I know how to play football. He felt like he was too uh, robotic. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, you know, that while he's out there, he's trying to process everything that he's been taught and he's like doing it in real time on the field as opposed to in in the microcosm that he's supposed to be processing it uh, after the snap of the uh, football and everything. And before you know it, this guy's not open. That guy's not open. Here comes this one. I got to run. Oh, wait, I just took a sack for an eight yard loss. And now we're out of field goal range and, uh, and things like that. So he's just going to go out there and play his game. And we didn't see that uh, against uh, Kansas city. You know, but in in his defense, I think we had the ball like seven minutes in the first half because Kansas City was too busy, you know, establishing drives and scoring touchdowns uh, on us in that one. So, you know, maybe the Broncos will give us a chance to at the very least put some kind of offensive rhythm together so we know what it looks like when we when we actually going to play somebody else. It's like I just uh, I, I, I shudder to think what could happen if we don't win, but I, you know, I, I'm having a trouble. I'm having trouble picking the, even against the Broncos, I'm having trouble picking the Bears right now. Well, <laughs> I, you know, to me, I would, I, I don't know how much home field advantage is for you guys. It's definitely always a big deal for the Broncos. So right. playing, you know, playing away is, is, I, you know, it's tough for, tough for us. We're coming off such a bad loss. It's hard to tell if players were feeling ready to bounce back or more just totally uh, stifled, like, you know, just totally down, like not even having any motivation because they feel dejected. I mean, that's how the interview sounded. So I'm like Garrett Bowles. Yeah. I'm like, I'm really curious to see how they, how they bounce back or don't Um, just in, you know, just in, mood Mm -hmm. (laughs) just just in their you know the the way they go into the game their mentality I do think our offense should be better than your offense so if you know all things being equal in terms of bad defense hopefully we can we can score but I'm not sure our defense won't be able to you know keep the keep it from just being even all the way so we might end up with that tie that you were talking about well you know or at least it will be you know like well out of nowhere this was the best game of week four you know (laughs) they they went back and forth with each other all game long it came down right down to the wire and blah 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 and 54 52 why not why not 106 points just you know just rack it all up but i mean the Bears are such a mess. The Bears are such a mess that even Vegas is like, yeah, Denver just gave up 70 points. They're going on the road. Let's make them two-and-a-half-point favorites for the game against the Bears on Sunday. I was like, what a slap in the face. What a slap in the face. We're at home against this team that just gave up 70, and we're underdogs. That's yeah. crazy. I know you don't even get the like home field advantage, three, you know, the, yeah. the, the three-point Nope. home field advantage nope. yeah well it's the thing is we also it'll be interesting to see if justin simmons and frank clark play because they were two players you know two important starters that we didn't have on defense last week mm-hmm. i don't think having them in the game meant we weren't you know we weren't going to lose that maybe we'd lose by you know 50 to 20 instead of 70 to 20 but um they are both important people to our defense and if they're healthy 
I think that, you know, that will make a difference. You know, Justin Simmons is a, is a ball hawk yeah. and, and a good, you know, good in coverage. Frank Clark should affect that pass rush. He, he hasn't done enough in my opinion, but still there's potential, but if they're both out, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Patrick Santana is like the only, the, about the only true, I think, um, Star? Really good yeah. secondary. Kareem Jackson's very good, but he's getting older and he's clearly lost a step. Damari Mathis, I mean, he's five yards off the ball every time. So whoever he's covering, throw to him. That's that's your plan. And um, and running game, you know, we're, we were supposed to have shored that up with our, you know, with Frank Clark and with um, Zach Allen. And, you know, the Dolphins just ran through and over and around yeah. and on top of us. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I know. But uh, <laughs> And I know it's only Tuesday, so our players have the day off today. There's nothing going on the facilities. We're talking early uh, in the week. But um, how do you see this thing playing out? Because, honestly, I have no idea. And yeah. but it's like I know that you guys are playing on better on offense we're just flat out not, and it's like so. I'm I'm having a hard, like I said, having a hard time picking the Bears, even though we're placing uh, facing a defense that just gave up seventy uh, yeah, on right. Sunday. But they gave it up to the NFL's version of a track meet, um, <laughs> uh, you know, with with Tyreek Hill and Raheem yeah. Mostert and uh, what was his name, Arcane or something like that, that had three touchdown yeah. runs on on Sunday yeah. as well. So I mean, where where how do you see this thing uh, playing out? Yeah, I mean, I would like if. Assuming we don't just fold because literally, literally everybody has the Garrett Bowles mentality right now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I th- I do think we should score, and I would think our defense could be, you know, should be able to be effective against you guys, mostly because Justin Fields is struggling. You know, like I think that that is the teams we've played to this point have had quarterbacks playing very well. I mean, even with the commander, Sam Howell was playing well. Yes, he was. Um, so, you know, if, if your quarterback's struggling, that helps us tremendously. <laughs> um, and so I I would give the edge to the Broncos, but, you know, like Vegas, I'm not giving them a big edge. Right. <laughs> There's not that many points to it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, a pick em game with my listeners uh, this year. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so, and we're doing confidence points as well. So it's not just about getting the pick. You got to get the points as, as well. And if, yeah. And if I do, if I do Denver, it's not getting any more than a, than a two out of 16, as far as confidence, yeah. even if I yeah. pick the bears, it's going to be like a one or a two. So if I get the, get the pick wrong, then it's not going to hurt my total uh, too yeah. much, but it's like, you know, it's, it's basically going to be like a coin toss as far as making the actual pick and then the confidence point will be like one or one or two. Cause even the coin flip, I'm not confident in uh, at this point. So, but I bet you the yeah. joke's going to be on all of us and it's still going to be a good game uh, on Sunday just because why not? Why couldn't it, why not just, you know, yeah. not, let's not, it, th- let's not have it be that, Oh, this game is going to set football back a hundred years or something like that. Let it be like, hey man, this game was actually a lot of fun. People should check this out, or to be one yeah. getting the the replay on NFL Network during the week. So. Yeah. Well, in your locker room, though, like because you have a you have a relatively young team yes. for the most part, right? So, so they don't even even though you know 
so far this year and last year, not great. Like they don't have years of losing. Whereas we have quite a few players with years of like that have, we, we have nobody left from the Super Bowl team, right? Everyone on the team, um, especially those who've been there for, or five years, but then we have a couple who've been here, you know, seven. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All they have done is lose. And and every year is like setting records of the, the most losses in a season. And then the next year, more most losses in a season. And then, you know... Starting 0 and 6, like the first time we've done that since 1966, or some crazy stuff where I think we really are in danger of a loser mentality. I mean, other a lot of people would argue we have that already. I wouldn't have said that prior to last week, but I think now when you lose that badly and you have a team that takes pity on you, you know, and like puts in as many backup players as they can, and you they still score on you like that, you know, that is demoralizing. And I, I feel like I think our team, I don't know about the bears team, but I think our team will have a hard time going into Chicago with that mindset. Like, all right, new week, new game. Let's go. (laughs) They're going to be like, we got 15 more of these. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess it's just going to come down to what you and I were talking about before. And it's the, it's going to come down to coaching which one of these coaching staffs will be able to get their team more ready than the other uh, to show up and play. Uh, on All right. Sunday. So what's your confidence that your team can do that, that your coaching staff can get the players ready regardless of compared to the Broncos. But do you think your coaches can rally these guys, these players? If this was last year, absolutely. Because our team was inferior on paper versus just about anybody. And we fought everyone down to the end. We fought yeah. everyone. We played the Bills and the Eagles. We gave them all the game of their life until like the fourth quarter. Then reality set in. <laughs> the ta- you know, talent takes over, yeah. and yeah. they would pull away from us. This year, we're out of the gate, not looking good. You know, yeah. it's not like we're giving them hell for the first three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter, it, you know, okay, well now, now we're going to go ahead, and you know, they've outlasted us, kind of thing. This year, we're looking bad out of the gate, so we're not even ready to play at kickoff, let alone fighting to the very end uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And also, even though it's a different team, a different organization, Sean Payton's kind of always had our number. So I'll, uh, like, I, I would have to concede to him being able to get you guys more ready than our guys. Well, that's, yeah. And that's the other thing where, where youth is hurting us because there's really nobody on the team that has been through a, like, you know, let's, let's push through this 
uh, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think Ngakwe is the oldest guy on the team, and he was only like 29 or something like that. <laughs> right. So it's just uh, right. we don't have a lot of that veteran experience where there can be a leader. Like even a Russell Wilson who's won a Super Bowl can lean on right. something like that. So we, we don't have that on our team. So I, I just don't uh, – I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think we're missing – we're actually missing an emotional leader. And I get it when you're not winning, it's kind of hard to be over on the sidelines and be taken seriously. If you're like, come on guys, we got this. You know, I can see how no one's buying that when you're down by 50 points or, you know, 40 or 35. (laughs) But at the same time, you need, you do need someone who like just has positive energy and I don't think we have any positive energy and I and I don't think the coach is showing it I I was talking to my colleagues at Mile High Report because you know I just watched I had to watch on TV and of course because Miami kept scoring constantly the only thing the TV really showed was all those guys dancing and all their celebrations and they cut to Mike McDaniel and they go show Vic Fangio in the booth because they got to talk about how he's our former coach and blah 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 so we didn't at least, you know, watching on TV, you didn't see our sidelines immediately after some of those scores or, or whatever to see what's going on. But I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like Sean Payton, I almost feel like he's trying to find scapegoats so that it's not on him, mm. you know, like putting it on Russell or putting it on Vance Joseph. He's not saying that, but his actions aren't really showing that he's part of this, you know, right. and that he recognizes that. I mean, this past week, he said he actually owned it a little more than he did the week before. Um, but I, I'm concerned that in our locker room, they've already given up. And, you know, fans have. So it's, it's hard. It's just hard when you are surrounded by people who don't believe in you. Yeah. And you have coaches that don't seem to be rallying you because they're looking for their own, you know, trying to save their own ass and save their jobs. Um, so it, it could be a toilet bowl for sure on Sunday, but I, I, I will mostly be looking to see, to check our, our mentality, check our, you know, the psychology. That's, that's, uh, that's a good point because we've, we've seen a lot of that on the sidelines. They like to show Justin Fields sitting there kind of staring off into the abyss, (laughs) on the sidelines while our opponent scores another touchdown or <laughs> right. or something like that. You don't see him walking around on the sidelines, you know, clapping it. And granted, it could just be luck of the draw as far as like, you know, this is what he's doing at this moment right. uh, kind of thing. Right. But it's like every time they cut to him, he's just sitting there. He's just yeah. staring at the scoreboard or staring out into space or, or whatever. He's not talking with uh, the quarterback coach or with Getsy or, uh, or with anything like yeah. that. You don't see him preparing to take on, uh, the next drive. So maybe that's also on them on, on coaching and they're not talking about what to do next and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So the only way to find out is for the game to get here on Sunday. And after our Sundays, I know neither one of us is really rushing to watch our team play again <laughs> at the moment. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's only Tuesday. We're doing this early in the week. We got five whole days to wrap our yeah. minds around the idea of watching our teams take the field one more time. And, uh, you know. Well, the the interesting thing is, in some ways, for both of us, like playing you guys and you playing us would be like, oh, thank goodness we're playing a team that's struggling. Like maybe we can win. Right. On the flip side, whoever loses this game is like, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and the only good thing about losing on Sunday is that we play on Thursday, 
next week. So you basically just have to toss it in the toilet and, and move on to the next right. one. The good thing about Thursdays is that you don't have a lot of time to dwell on what yeah. happened on Sunday. You got to get ready for thir- You only got three days to get ready uh, yeah. for the next game. So even if we lose, win, win or lose, or even tie on Sunday, yeah. we got to, we got to forget about it. Cause we got to get ready for the commanders on, on, uh, on Thursday. So we'll, uh, Do you, well, at least you have the commanders. I mean, again, they're, they're not a bad team, but no. they're, they're, they're beatable, but they're, <laughs> but they're good. <laughs> they're, they're strong. We're, we're weak, which is up front. And last year they beat Justin Fields within an image of his life on Thursday night football last year. So now we're going to Washington so they can do it to us again, which is what has me worried. But I did kind of theorize it's like, let's just say for argument's sake, we lose on Sunday to the Broncos, and then we lose again to the Commanders on Thursday. We got a 10-day break between then and week number six. Fire everybody. Well, I mean, that would be a good time to let go of Eberflus because the other yeah. thing to keep in mind is that we've lost 13 games in a row now. We lost the last 10 games of the regular season and the first three games of this year. We haven't won in almost a full calendar year at yeah. this point. And if we're zero and five, and staring down, we got the like the Vikings, the, the 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 Saints, the Chargers, all coming up after this. Like it's not going to get. It's, it's, <laughs> we we have all those teams too. I yeah. mean, obviously not the Saints, but it's good. It's going to be ugly. We were we were all talking about how when you look at our schedule now, especially after watching us play for three weeks, find two more wins. Like I don't know. We- <laughs> It's gonna, we got maybe the Bears. I think people would have said Houston, but Houston's looking good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, so we we could be a winless season if we're not careful. Yeah, and it's just uh, with the way we're playing. Who are you picking them to beat at this point? Exactly. You know, who are I'm you picking, picking them to beat? It's like on no paper, way. it's like all of these games are winnable. But with the way we're playing, would you pick them to win any yeah. of them right now? Yeah. Just like I just I can't. I can't because we see like one drive of like, why can't we keep doing that? And then the rest of the game, like, oh, so this is what we're doing. So (laughs) just all of that, that. there, you know, just not enough consistency to think that, hey, man, we can put it together for 60 minutes and actually get some wins together. Maybe we could steal three or four uh, at this point, because I thought at going into the season that our our floor was six or seven wins. Yeah. Now I'd be dancing in the street with six or seven wins with the way these guys Same. are playing. And sadly, Same. it would be a great improvement from last year's 3-14. and 14, But from where we thought this team could be, which is anywhere from seven wins to 11, is kind of like the range everyone was looking at. It's like that's a figment of our imagination now. That's never, never going to get with the way we're playing right now. A lot of football well, left to be played. We got 14 more of these bad boys to go. But I, I just don't know. I don't see where we get seven wins out of this with the way we're playing. Yeah, same. And I've always been one to be totally against the whole tank mentality. Sure. And I'm still, I'm still against it as a, as an actual strategy. But I am partly hopeful that that we do lose all the games because at this point, what we, what we have been doing the last three or four years is we get five wins, we get six wins, we get. I think I think we've been set. We had I think the most wins we've had in the last seven years is seven wins. But we know. So then you're just middle of the pack, which means you don't get the best pick in the draft. So you don't really get that much better. But you didn't have a good enough team to begin with because you're so far down. So, uh, you know, we like you. 
we keep, we stay in this purgatory for a really long time. And so it, I do see the sense in we need to blow it up or we need, we need to blow up so that we can start over because at this point we have put a ton of money into a couple players. We put a ton of money into a coach and we're, we're tied up. We don't have, we do have a finally some regular draft picks next year, but we've got to start. We need to get more and we need to get built, start actually truly rebuilding because we can't keep doing this. Fans won't stand for it. And you know, it's, it's expensive to go to a game. Yes. And, and I don't know where the bears tickets fall, but Broncos tickets are among the most expensive in the NFL. And, um, you know, the whole game experience is just a ton of money. And people are like, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. They're giving up their season tickets. They're not going to the games. I mean, watching it is is hardly the biggest issue um, for teams. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I have um, I gave up on trying to go to NFL games, um, even in Soldier Field. And I was like, I've moved back to the Chicagoland area, so I'm here now. And yeah. even now, I'm like, no. 300, 300 bucks at least for like, you know, 100, 200 level seats. It's like, no, no. Yeah. And it's like your commercial breaks are seem to be 10 times longer when you're in the stadium, uh, you know, and all that. You don't have the benefit of commentary or the same kind of replays that they're getting on yeah. television. It's just yeah. better to watch it all at home. If, if I want a game experience, I go to a college game because something about the atmosphere of college football, I don't really need the commentary or, you know, the commercials or any of that kind right. of stuff. But right. um, as far as, like, watching pro games, I, I got to do it on TV. Being there, the atmosphere just isn't enough of a draw for me to go and actually see the game uh, in person, right. not to mention the ticket price is a deterrent just on its own. <laughs> right. Not to mention spending, you know, not that I drink, but $14 on a beer, $8 on a hot dog. Right. God forbid I want fries or chips or I bring yeah. someone with me, you know, yeah. so I got to pay for them. No, absolutely. It'll take out a loan to go to a football yeah. game nowadays. Well, and, you know, like last week, if you were a Broncos fan, you just needed to keep drinking those beers to stand all those scores <laughs> from the Dolphins. So well, I that saw, was an expensive road trip for anybody who did it. I saw somebody, it, they were Dolphins fans, God bless them. But they were saying the tradition in their household is to do a tequila shot every time the Dolphins <laughs> score a touchdown. I was yeah. like, ten shots by the end, and everybody's blackout drunk by the end yeah. of this. By right. the end of this game, ten shots well, of tequila. The Dolphin apiece. mascot does push-ups, I think, and he had to he had to turn to sit-ups because he can't do seventy push-ups in the end zone. <laughs> right. Well, it's not it's just that he did seventy; he did sixty-three before, fifty-six right. before that, That's forty-nine, right. and so on. And so forth. So he didn't do 70 push-ups. He that's did like right. 500 if you yeah. add it all up together. So, yeah, that, I understand. Well, he couldn't even lift his arms afterwards. He had to no, do you know, it was funny. It was, so, it, was, it was a good – it was entertaining. Well, Laurie, this has been entertaining at the very least. Yeah. Hopefully the game will be as much fun uh, as this conversation yeah. was as we both sit and uh, cry in our beer for a little bit uh, with our with our 0-3 teams going in. Which one's going to come out? Oh, and four and which one is going to fire its entire coaching staff uh, afterwards. Who's going to kill it? Who's going to get rid of its quarterback and start over again? It, it's really the, the, the tank yeah. bowl here and, and finding out which one of us is going to come out right. the other side, a winner. It could be a good bingo game. We yeah. can, there, there's some good, there's some good squares there to create. Yeah, Who the, fires their coaching staff first? Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, how many, uh, how many, how many times are we going to hear that Eberflus is off to the worst start of any handle? 
any head coach in the history of the franchise, which has only been for the entire length of the NFL itself and uh, everything. It's a lot of history to be the worst at, uh, you know. So, oh, no. Yeah. 105 well. years, I think, of NFL football. So 105 years of NFL of, you know, Bears head coaches. And, uh, yeah, Aberflus is the absolute worst out of all of them. Three and 17 uh, in two, 2.4, 1.4. One and a quarter yeah. seasons of football, so it's it's pretty bad. So yeah, but I imagine Sean Payton's not too happy about how this season is gonna is gonna hurt his overall career stats. I bet, which, which were so good that they touted all the way through the spring. You know, right. that we're getting this guy with the sixty seven percent win record. You know, blah blah blah. So where can we keep up with you uh, online and follow your tweets and and your misery following the Broncos? Yeah, right. So you can find me at. Doc LLV on Twitter. You can read my stuff on milehighreport.com and you can find my YouTube show, The Roundup, on honestly, the best ways to find it is on my YouTube channel, which is Lori Lattimore Volkman. So, so is that a like a pregame or a postgame thing? Or well, so it's interesting that you ask. It was mostly a pregame where I'd kind of round up the week's news and then preview, you know, what was to come. And then this year I started doing post-game. Um, but you regret it, you started doing that, huh? Yes. It's too much. And it's too – like I can't do it all it, over like the span of two days doing two video shows or right. you know, three days. And then when they're so terrible, it's like it's not even fun. Right. So I think beginning this next weekend, I'm going to switch to doing just the, the post-show. And then if it's so bad that we're losing everything, I might just game. not do it. I don't know. <laughs> I'll start. I mean, I'll do other stuff. I'll start drinking on camera. We'll there you go. Bingo. I don't know. Here we go. All right. I, it's it's a nightmare. Yes. <laughs> As you know, it's tough As we to know. cover a team that's doing that's not doing well because fan. It's hard to get fans interested in another potential loss. So. Yeah. Yeah, especially I mean, when, and thankfully I'm not one that that drinks the Kool Aid, and I'm not one of the ones that's like, oh, come on, guys, we can do it yeah. this weekend. It's like you know what, it's awful, but uh, we got to root for our guys. We'll go out there, and maybe they can you know surprise us and and get it done. Otherwise, it's just another three hours to chill out in front of the TV on Sunday. That's the worst of it, right there. So that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, Lori. You know. You remind yourself it's just a game. It's just a fun game that we all get really angry about. <laughs> really, really angry and only ruins the first three days of the next week and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I know. So, so thank you for making my second day of the week not so bad. My, uh, my, uh, my, uh, I, I, I'm, I thank you as well uh, for doing the same to me. You are very welcome. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon, Laura. You take care. Thanks. You It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.